0: Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Okay, let me give you. Let me find out this: What kind of business experience did you have uh, at? 2017, when you're launching this thing. What kind of business experience uh had you accumulated along life's oh, right. highway?
1: So um I grew up in a family-owned business and I've been working since I was nine years old for them. Um and so I've always been an entrepreneur myself. Um I own yeah. my own company prior to this, it was an exhibition design company. And then when I came up with this concept, it was still under the exhibition co- design company that I ran, um, but no formal training whatsoever, nothing. I think you- most, most of it all comes from my grandfather. You know, like you were talking earlier, okay. right? what I Done. kept thinking, what I kept thinking yeah. my father saying to yeah. me was, know who you are, know what you're not good at, know what your strengths are. And find the best people that you could possibly afford to hire to fill in what you're not good at and and work with you on that and then bring them along on that journey. Um, And I have pretty much I've stuck that, you know, I've stuck to that my whole life. And it's. Yeah. And
0: (laughs) another way of of, uh, I've heard that I like about that, bringing them along in the journey is have a vision. Yeah. that is big enough to include them. It's not just, you know, I can be successful if I do this. But yeah, yeah that's the thing about a big vision. You know, yeah. if you have the, the big vision, you you can have something that's really exciting for other high quality people to mm-hmm. get involved with because they're like, okay, I can throw, you know, because most people, they know if they're good or not. And they know okay. that there's value to their, their work. Mm-hmm. And so if they decide there's opportunity here. This could really pay off for me. Uh, That, that allows you to attract
1: them and also. Well, it's building. Yeah. It's building something. It's getting everyone around you to understand that you're building and you're, you're doing something that a has never been done before. So it's exciting for a lot of people to be involved in. um, And figuring out how to do that, how to make it happen. How to be successful? Yeah, figuring
0: out what's what nobody's figured out before, and the other thing is, again, which causes people to you know the this the the need or uh, all this like it's not just making money; it's making a difference. You know, this That's where you can true. see the thing you're making a difference. People value it. Mm-hmm. People, you know, and they let you you get that positive feedback, and so all of these are ingredients for extraordinary success rather than hey let's put on a show you know it's gonna yeah. be great but yeah. how can you do something that's that's lasting and mm-hmm. so what did you do at nine years old when you started what 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 kind of uh
1: my mom uh, so my mom owned my parents owned um which they bought from their my grandfather um uh, it was kind of a it was a jewelry slash accessory store it was retail so, uh, right so right i when I was nine years old, I used to like fill in the inventory um make sure that the back back store room was all organized you know fetch fetch things for all the salespeople. you know and and make uh, wrap everything, wrap all the presents for the customers and anything they needed me to do and the as long as I was in the back, she didn't let me go she didn't let me go out on the floor selling until i was I think i think I was like twelve around 12 or
0: 13 so and what did you uh how do you think that informed you and in your outlook on things as opposed to friends you had or nine years old and they're just playing <laughs> and you know going to school and things like that yeah. I'm gonna dr- I'm gonna darken this screen for a minute someone's gonna come in here and I don't want you to get distracted uh, but I'll, I'm here listening just keep talking
1: no That's a good question. Uh, I think that I definitely saw the world in a different way. Um, And I definitely, I wasn't, I wasn't involved. I don't think in kind of the more, what I thought at the time was my trivial things um, with regard to growing up and, you know, like high school drama and um uh, just things that normal kids do and uh te- i mean i think that team sports are very important for kids to be involved in but um i had my own team sport <laughs> i was working and um i think i grew up really fast actually i think that was the major the major takeaway is i was much more mature than a lot of kids my age.
0: Did your uh attitudes towards your parents and adults and the the real world uh uh change you think in terms of what these people are doing and there's there's more behind the scenes here than just yeah I think mom I and dad telling me not, I can't do this and I can't yeah. do that.
1: I definitely had a lot more respect for adults, especially my, my parents after I saw you know what they how they all the things they have to deal with on a daily basis which as a kid you don't get to see normally because you're not working with them um you definitely you you learn fast about what the world is and the real questions and the real challenges that happen you know on a pretty much daily basis you also I learned to deal I learned about people Does that make sense? Like, um, and in a lot of different ways about managing people, leading people, um, dealing with them.
0: What about that? What about that you think was, And
1: and then from sales, from a sales perspective, right. It was a whole different group of people that you learned about, you know, and, um, that was very interesting.
0: And, uh. As you came up the ladder, hmm. uh, how quick did you get your bi- a business of your own? you know moving on on up? and, and yeah, that was in life
1: that kind of happened um almost by accident. I kept getting asked to do these exhibitions, and so you know I, and I was successful at it, and so kept getting asked to do more. Um, but
0: what's the next what's an exhibition?
1: Like a museum exhibition. Like, oh, okay. you um, put
0: on an event, right?
1: Yeah. It yeah. um yeah, you could you could call it that, I guess. Um there they were mostly temporary exhibitions for museums that they would set up for like two Pop-ups. or three months, you know? Yeah. And and they would have them. Um, and I it was during uh creating one of these exhibitions that I I walked away from one of the interviews we were doing, and I said to myself, "You know, it's such a shame because my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, are never going to be able to have the same conversations that I was having." Yeah, you know, and they were so meaningful, and you could learn so much from these people that I just didn't want. You know, a resiliency, hope, um, you know, tenacity, and just how one lives after such trauma that i could never even imagine i don't think any of, any of us could really imagine so i just didn't want to lose those conversations and i was seeing things around me that told me all right and this might be something i was particularly also good at is figuring out or connecting the dots they say right so if you see something happening and you see something else happening what i was able to do is say okay if you can do this you should be able to do that yeah and what if we put these two things together what could that create um and i think that was a big part of it was being able to have the that vision and being able to envision it already working and uh, how it would work you know the ultimate product the ultimate experience.
0: Yeah, one of the keys of being a high achiever is being able to connect dots that other people can't connect, and to kind of be able to visualize. And a lot of that comes because of instinct, a lot of past experience, convert you know exposures that you've had. But wherever it comes from, yeah. if you can connect that dot, you can say, you know, if you can go over here and do that, yeah, boom. You know, obviously Steve Jobs, you know, could <laughs> you know his thing is. You know, yep. I want one button on this thing. You know, that does yep. four hundred things, <laughs> and so uh uh they thought he was crazy. But you know, they figured it out, and so he,
1: I was called. Insane, I was called insane. I I was uh, people thought I literally was crazy. And I I had one institution when they heard about what we were doing, called it the Seance Project. Um, okay, <laughs> people, people thought I was I was. That shit crazy. I mean, they they would say to me, "You want to talk to dead people?" You know, and I was like, "No, not really." I mean, don't forget, don't forget, this was before. So I came out, came up with this concept that I was trying to get people to buy into in 2010. Um, Skype had come out in 2008, I believe, or maybe it was so, but it wasn't really ubiquitous until 2012. And so, there was no point of reference for what I wanted to right. do, and and yeah. so no one had any. By the time we did it, like we did our first proof of concept in 2012, and when we tested it in the public, uh, that was probably early 13, you know, late 12, late 2012. People were saying to us they were coming in and they were having the experience and they were talking to these individuals and they would turn around to me and say something like I, um, or they would say goodbye to the individual or they would say, you know, Oh, it's <laughs> so nice talking to you. And, and then they would leave. And these were people that we told before they started that this is a video of a person that we did, you know, and you're going to talk to them. So it's, we call it videos that talk back, but they would leave and they would think, no, that person they they were in another room, right. Right? or yeah. um, and they would say, "Oh, I didn't want to ask them this," and I would t- I would ask them, "Why didn't you ask it?" And they would say, "Because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Wow, it, you know that he's not really there, yeah. <laughs> You know, and and they, it, it, I had one woman who was actually flirting. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> it was oh hysterical, no! Hysterical. So it, you know. It, they now kind of by the 2012 they had some kind of frame of reference but it wasn't exactly what they thought it was so well,
0: even in star wars you know you could have told them like yeah. even the star wars, where the first star wars were that
1: hologram yeah. of uh
0: exactly Obi, yeah uh, yeah yeah it's uh it's kind of like an interactive hologram you know right. and those right. things have been around so it's not that voodoo but was, just was, nobody's it figured it, it out yet
1: yeah it was something that was only in science fiction before but yeah. we had just figured out a way to actually do it
0: right well i have <laughs> actually a science that. fiction dick tracy watch right here on my wrist so ah! <laughs> yeah, that was science fiction a long time ago too. I remember you know? for that. thanks for listening to the million dollar mastermind